Cause we got the alternative energy right. free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Hello, today's Radioactive Show is being brought to you from the unceded Wurundjeri lands and we'd like to give our respects to Wurundjeri past, present and future and acknowledge that the country we're on has never been ceded. I'm Crunch and I'm bringing the show to you this morning with Michaela. Hello everyone. Uh, We've got a really exciting show for you today for Human Rights Day. We've got a really special guest, Garijula Gabawangu, a Wangan and Jagalingu traditional custodian. And Garijula will bring you straight onto the show now. How are you going today? What a bully. Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. Great, and understand that you're you're on the road. Um, you've been travelling across country, and um, do you want to just explain a little about the journey you've been making and how it's been to um, tell stories about the Wadanungu camp? Yeah, so um, for about four hundred and seventy-five days now, um, we set up a ceremony across the road from the Adani Carmichael Mine. And so we set this camp up on the 26th of August last year. Um, we had our supporters come with us um, as human rights observers as we were practising our human rights under the Queensland Human Rights Act 2019 under Section 28, provides mm-hmm. Indigenous people the, the avenue to redevelop culture and um, redevelop language and not to be forcefully assimilated. So uh, for three months, I didn't even talk to the police of of setting up the ceremony because I told them if if they wanted to talk to me about the ceremony, then they needed a translator. So I didn't speak to them for three months just just to buy some time, basically. But um, after that, the police acknowledged that, you know, we have human rights to to be on that mining lease there. There's a high court challenge in 2014 called Brown versus Western Australia where they proved that um, Indigenous people and mining companies' rights coexist. So that means that they can't kick us out and we can't kick them out at the moment. Mm. So um, <clears throat> they're caught in the stalemate. So we've, um, we've, we've set up our camp. We've been living in a tent um, basically, you know, sitting on a berm wall um, straight across the road from the mining pit, dealing with dust and noise and things like that. But uh, we're proving a point. We're proving a point to Adani that, you know, our mob said twice no. In 2012, we said no. In 2014, we said no. And they still went around and paid off enough um, applicants to get a Indigenous land use agreement across the line in 2016 for the mining lease. But the problem with that is the mining lease was already taken by compulsory acquisition in 2015, so they breached our human rights basically by stealing our property off us and then under duress forced us to sign an Indigenous land use agreement. So um, our family boycotted that meeting. Um, five other, Four other family groups boycotted that meeting in 2016. This is, this is the same... Um, meeting that 
Warren Mundine and um, all of these other politicians tried to press, you know, this 294 to 1 vote mm-hmm. that happened for this Indigenous land use agreement. I mean, have you ever heard of a 294 to 1 vote? Mm-hmm. Maybe in North Korea, but not here in Australia, especially if mm-hmm. the mob has said t- no twice before. So, like, what, what, what are you actually offering them more than to, to make them all say yes? Because it wasn't anything different. Mm-hmm. So... We've said no all along. So my father went through the federal court. He went through five federal court cases to try and fight Adani. On multiple occasions, they had we had the Attorney General, um, George Brandis at the time, stepping into um, court cases to adjourn court cases until the parliamentary sitting, and they changed the Native Title Act in the parliament, and so that he would, he would lose in court then. So we kept losing in the courts because the government still... It has a hand inside the court system. Mm. So we figured, well, once all of them finished in 2019, then, okay, it's time to start fighting on the ground. So the blocks of property that they got through that Indigenous land use agreement, I went onto one of those blocks of property and set up a big corroboree ground, and um, I held that space out for about two weeks. Um, but Adani security kind of blocked me off from food and water, so... Um, I kind of had to get out of there. And then the next year after that, I came back for the 26th of August in 2020 and built a big fire in the middle of the road. Um, and then subsequently, we got removed from the pastoral lease from there, from the police. And we, we got a human rights complaint um, lodged against the Queensland police. And the Human Rights Commission came back and said that we had a case. So we went to a mediation. Um the Crown lawyers for the police, um, you know, were trying to make excuses like, oh, well, you're blocking the road. And then the Human Rights Commission said, well, they were still living there and that's their home and you removed them from their home. And so um, it got down to the point where Crown lawyers couldn't prove who owned the property. And they said, we, we don't know who owns the property because we asked them to prove um, where's, the, where's the land title. Um, so... They got put into this position where they had to write a statement of regret. And through this process, um, our native title was being um, was being thrown under the bus by the government. The government was trying to destabilise our native title so then they wouldn't have to pay any of our group any compensation money for the compulsory acquisition of the mining lease. So that, that, that works out to be about $420 million when you calculate it to the... Um, there was a case that precedent that happened in the Northern Territory for the compensation for loss of spiritual and economic loss. I mean, it's not about the money for me. It's about the principles of the fact that we said no to this guy. I don't care what you're coming to offer. We said no. You're not allowed to dig, dig our country up, and we're going to maintain that you can't dig our country up. And so <clears throat> through this um, process of being recognised through the Queensland Police, um, I did a bike tour in May last year called the Tour de Carmichael, where I was basically slapping the government in the face and the police saying, you can't do anything about this. You kicked me out last time with my family. This time I'm going to bring 120 people in, 100 people on push bikes, and we're going to go and camp in that same spot where you removed me from and there's nothing that you're going to do about it. Mm. And so just, just to prove it, I did it. And so um, 
every year I've been coming back on the 26th of August to make this guy's life hell. And so the 26th of August 2021 came up and, um, you know, we decided to build this ceremony called Wananungu where we have this stone circle on top of the uh, flood levee looking, looking over the mine pit. And we've got three rules that we set up when we originally started. One Wanganunjagalungu person inside this circle at all times. Um, the fire must always be lit and there's no foreign objects inside the circle. So we set up this ceremony to basically bait the police in to see if they would come and remove us. But they never did. They haven't even come up to the ceremony site. They stand down at my flag right down the front and they stand there and they wait for me to come down there. The police haven't even come over to the back end of my property. You know, it's as Wangan and Jagalingu people, we've taken back our country by um, just occupying because it's gotten to the point now where it's over a year now. So aren't we a resident of that area if if you've been living and occupying that, that space for a while? So it's gotten to the point now where I'm not going to leave because why would I leave? We've already taken the northern section. So where we are right now is basically cutting Adani off half of his mining lease. So um, through this through this process, um, you know, he's kind of... We've blocked him from half of his mind now. Yeah, it's... And, um, sorry. Yeah. And so um, what happens is um, we, we ended up um, taking away the one person inside the circle at day 408 because uh, it was getting hard for the family to try and, um, you know, all be there to take in turns. Because, I mean, like... Two o'clock in the morning, you'll have one foot still inside the circle, stretching out to get something, because you, you're governed by um, the agreements and the pact that you made with your family mm. that this is the rules and this is what we're going to do. So everybody agreed to it and everybody followed it for 408 days. Mm. So rain, hail, shine. Um, there was no roof on the top of the fire area because there's no foreign thing inside the circle on it or above it. So. You're basically sleeping in the rain, um, sleeping in the, the harsh elements next to the fire, basically. And it teaches self-control. And But it, the number one thing it, it shows is pure occupation because we can say to them that we were there 100% of the time. And so the processes that we've done through that um, has gotten us to the point where the police, they are super cool. They come out. They, they just... Um, peacekeepers, they don't want any conflict and um, you know, at the moment as it stands, you know, we're caught in a stalemate that they can't move anywhere and um, and we're still still there, so um, technically we're still winning because we're still living and we're still practicing culture and country mm. Yeah, it's an incredible story of resistance and reclaiming um, country and power, in effect, it seems, through um, so much persistent, like working with the legislation you did or didn't have, and then as it, as you say, as the government changed that legislation in favour of extraction and companies, you also um, changed tack and just kept fighting. Um, so it's really amazing to hear about that decade of. Um, struggle and where you're up to now and that you 
uh, holding country. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really about persistency and consistency. Um, any, like, and anything you do that involves fighting the government, you're, you're always going to come off second best. And, but if you do come off with a win, like, it's the best feeling because as Aboriginal people across this whole country, we've been subjugated by police officers since they first got here. We've been subjugated from the British Marines when they first got here. And so in Sun Tzu's Art of War book, he states, to win a war, you must capture the whole army. So what did I do? I captured the whole Queensland police and now their hands are tied and they can't do anything. And so we're basically just walking along this jungle path with a machete just chopping down the vines and creating a path for other mobs to come through to be able to um, set the groundwork for them to to, to work off. And, um, you know, with the, with, with the eventual goal of um, mobs getting country back and not just native title but real country like real autonomous areas where they can have the freedom to learn their language without someone screwing their face up at them and going oh what's that language or speak english this is australia so they need these they need these places for them to redevelop their culture and their language and their traditions and their religions um, without these areas we're still, we're still the product of war. We're still the, um, we're, we're the inhabitants that have just, um, we're, we're the remnants of, of a war that has happened here. And so we're just the survivors, but we're still living with inside um, this continent, you know what I mean? We didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. We, and we didn't, we didn't sign up for this system. Everybody that's come to this country has signed a declaration through immigration that says that they will abide by the Australian laws, the acts and legislations. But Aboriginal people never had to sign that. So why, are we, why do we have to be a part of their system? Why do we have to be a part of their laws and jurisdictions? Because we never voted for it. We never even voted to become a citizen. That was the general public that they put that on. Why, why do they have the opinion and the, the decision to make what, what we, we want to choose for our, for our future, for real self-determination? Why do we have to be subjected to forced assimilation to say, well, you can't do that anymore um, because you have to act like everybody else now? You know, I was just off the, on, on a phone call with Centrelink yesterday and, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to sort out some cultural exemptions for, um, for my nephews and family up in Wananungu. And, um, you know, I, I said, um, you know, well, she's like, oh, is Gurudjali your name? It's like, yeah, that's my name. It's, it's my tribal name. And she's like, oh, what, what's your Australian name? <laughs> my Australian name? What do you mean? Like... And and this is this is the problem that this image of Australia that everybody has in this country is false. This image that they have is it's a fantasy. It's a fantasy island. 
because this this image of Aussies and what they think Australians and real Australians are to the general public in this country is not what they think it is. Because the problem is the government has turned around and told the public that they own this country, where the natural fact is they don't own it because they can't prove ownership. So they did not just take over one tribe. They took over 369 countries on one continent. And so why do we not get the right to self-determination? Why do we have to fall in line with everybody else? That's assimilation. We don't have to do that. In Queensland, I don't have to do that anymore because I have the Human Rights Act and they all know what it does now because the Human Rights Commissioner is watching my back because he's already told my old man he wants to see how far the Human Rights Act can go. So he's paying close attention to what we're doing. So the police know that the, the Commissioner is um, paying close attention to it. I'm using their own system against them because they've created this system to benefit themselves. But through this through this thing of trying to benefit themselves, they've they've become um, become a become a entity that has no power. I'm trying to show other mobs out there, other tribes, that if I can do it and I can stand up then you can do the same thing too. And so even if that takes me having to come to their mob and help them set it up, then that's what it takes. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I understand that you have been meeting up with other First Nations and supporting each other's struggles. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, we we meet up, try and um, meet up, and connect with mobs all around the country that are standing up, um, such as uh, Murujuga over in uh, Western Australia. Um, them, them mob over there at Karasa, they're, they're fighting against, uh, yeah, it's a urea mine and a gas mine where they got um, all these petroglyphs all over the walls. And then we got, um, we had mobs at Deepin Creek in Brisbane. They had a fire, they had a fire going there for over a thousand days. Um, there's, there was mob over in Stradbroke Island that set up. There's a uh, mob down in the Kumbumeri country, down the Gold Coast that are setting up. Um, there's mobs all over the place that are gaining inspiration from um, just seeing what Anungu and what the power of what Anungu has. Because it's seeing what uh, culture can do and how you can use culture as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Because we can't pick up guns and I can't be angry and I can't yell at the police because as soon as I do that, they cut off all emotions and uh, they, they you can't talk to them. So the way that I've talked to police is I talk to them with respect, but they have to respect me as well. And so <clears throat> we've created this, um, this kind of like... Um, dialogue between between the police, you know, and that's one big thing that has helped me to be able to stay there. So it's something that, you know, it, it's, a, it's a skill that I have that, um, you know, I'm able to help other mobs to be able to train them uh, in a sense to talk to police, to be able to assert your power 
um, in a position where you sit above that police officer, as such as like you're the you're the commissioner, and so the, the way that you're talking to this police officer is you're giving him the instructions hmm. because unless unless he's the one giving the instructions, he's just a messenger. So um, you know, it, we've been going for what 470 something days now, and um, you know, I've just been making music in the back of my trail in the little motorbike trailer in the backyard. So, you know, I've been uh, trying to get the message out there just to get people to understand what is actually happening. Mm-hmm. And um, through that process, I, um, I ended up getting contacted by um, a good family friend, um, Deline Briscoe, uh, and she wanted me to come to a Blacktivism concert down in Nam, down there at Bahama Hall. And um, that was awesome. That was just um, what was it, Thursday night? And, um, yeah, basically, um, yeah, first, first, basically, basically first show as, as a rapper, basically. Most of my life I've just been a didgeridoo player, so I've been on stage, but not, not standing up front and center, I guess, with the, with the microphone, but, you know, it's all about getting the message out there. It's about yep. people hearing about what's happening and, um, you know, just becoming aware of it, aware of it, and sharing it with their friends. Yeah, well, Crunch and I were both there, and it was such a brilliant night and brilliant performance. And we've got your track G'd up, ready to play. But before we go to that, just to return to Watanangu and understand, at the moment, you're stopping the mine from. There's plans for it to expand further north, but the camp stopping that from happening and in particular you're protecting a really sacred spring yep. could you tell us a little bit about, about yeah. that yeah so um we have actually a few springs around there um that whole area is just full it's like a massive spring complex there's aquifers all through the mining lease all the way out west towards um Dungabula. so Dungabula means many waters and that's because there's heaps and heaps of aquifers all around there. But essentially there's one big main spring there and this main spring is so unique that spring experts still can't find where this spring is being fed from. It's one of the most unique spring systems in Queensland, if not nearly Australia. Mm, amazing. And so, yeah, it's amazing. It's totally amazing. They've put dye into the water where they usually do with springs. And they're able, they're able to trace it along, and then they can find um, the feeder line where, where, where it's feeding into. But they can't find it with Dungabula for some reason because the feeder line just goes straight down into the earth. Mm. And so um, it's special, and uh, it's ancient water. And, you know, Adani went to court and said that, oh, well, there's, there's no connectivity between the water tables. But they did no proper investigations. They didn't, they didn't do any proper checks to even prove that there was no connection in between the water tables. So now we've got um, a, a report by Matthew Carroll he, stating that there's hydrocarbons in the springs and that the, the springs the spring are actually in, in water level. So um, we're trying to act quickly. We're trying to, you know, build a case against Mm. Not against the Dani, but against the Department of Environment 
um, our, or anybody that's in charge and just go them and say, well, if you don't stop this, then you're breaching our human rights as a government official in that position. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we've got other springs as well in Watanungu at the back. We've got um, two dams that are recorded as dams, but they're actually springs and they've been terraformed by the farmers back in the day. And um, so Adani never told uh, never told the government that these, these areas were springs. So now that I've found them that they're springs, I'm saying you can't touch them because they're sacred sites, because springs are sacred sites anywhere around the world. Yeah. And so that just makes me want to protect Wananungu even more. Yeah. So they, they know that if there's, if they come in to try and remove me, that's not the end of the road because there's a long fight ahead of this. And to remove me, who knows what I'm going to do next? Well, we're so sorry to have to wrap up the interview because our show is coming to an end. But uh, maybe just quickly, if you can let us know what's the best way for people to support Watanangu and uh, then we'll go out with your song, G'd Up. Yeah, support Watanungu by, um, you know, heading to our Standing Our Ground Facebook page, Wangan and Jagalungu Standing Our Ground, or we have uh, standing-our-ground.org, which is the website. You can check out what we've been up to. Uh, feel free to, we've got a donation page on there. If you'd like to chuck us a couple of bucks to keep the camp going, that'd be awesome. Um, I re- release music onto Spotify and Apple Music and other platforms as Gorigula, so... If you want to hear about what we're doing through music, then that's a, that's another avenue as well. Amazing. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. And we're going to go out with one of your tracks now. Awesome. Have a good journey home. All righty. Thank you very much. Yeah. This goes out to my muddy mob down there fighting in the pillager against Santos. If you ever want to grow a pair, now is the time Hack your genetics and let our powers combine Uncut to planet, you're ready, so yell out the battle cry Rock up to fight, they were about to die But they scatter like flies Stack on courage, black fellas flourish with knowledge Attack the rigs and go scuttle quick Up in the forest, fuck the monarch We gonna wanna see some heart from ya Beating hard, come on bruh This ain't the end of the road It's the start of the beaten path We're defending our home And they got it wrong right When they said it's in the past But I'll sit on a coal mine Setting up for a long fight And it's a constant reminder that they're never going like someone rocking the boat They thought we're not gonna know We're stopping it though Pull up, put a lock on it Then hopping and go Their profits are dropping They're up in smoke This is the G up you need bruh I wanna see ya Complete the procedure Here comes a procedure Fear runs in their features I can see it from their tear ducts This is the G up you need bruh I wanna see ya Complete the procedure Here comes a procedure Fear runs in their features I can see it from their tear ducts I'm the knowledge keeper, so forage deeper under the symbolic tree for the sweeter eaters while paying homage to the teachers that reared us into fearless motherfuckers. I was a peer to the grassroots leaders, believing that they were proper, speaking down to coppers, teaching how to prop us up against town officers. Guns mean nothing to a mob of pissed off black fellas, ready to turn a city to a stack of ashes. Power and numbers of cow for cover, 11th hours clicked over this conscript. 
Just now, brothers. No problems with skin colours. We have more in common than what you think. It's the government doing it purposely, keeping us divided with our undivided attention focused on football and tennis. How we can pretend this ain't big. This has to get sorted. Fight for your kids' inheritance. It's fresh water. They're gonna need something to drink. This is the G up you need, bruh. I wanna see ya complete the procedure. Here comes a procedure. Fear runs in the features. I can see it from the tear ducts. This is the G up you need, bruh. I wanna see ya complete the procedure. Here comes a procedure. Fear runs in the features. I can see it from the tear ducts. This is an annexation, man. The battle station. Stop being cattle and just rattle the cages. Break out of your chains and go, Django. Ride on the main road. So say no, we don't play road. Coppers and plain clothes. They know. How to cause a riot, distort the message with violence Important that is cause silent, your judges have a mistrial You thought you had me with your non-jurisdictional Proven fictional system, unqualified ministers Send them to prison, use them as cannon fodder Lambs to the slaughter, they're demanding orders Expanding supporters, never managed to corner us Take us to court, we can afford it Exposing the rot, protecting our sons and daughters You've chosen your course, head on collision With a man on a mission, I stand on this wisdom I'm planning on planting this vision, listen No understanding, so you panic and prison their children Then they vanish, we've had it, we'll manage ourselves again This is the G up you need, bruh I wanna see ya complete the procedure Here comes a procedure, fear runs in the features I can see it from the tear ducts This is the G up you need, bruh I wanna see ya complete the procedure Here comes a procedure, fear runs in the features I can see it from the tear ducts You've been listening to The Radioactive Show and a huge thank you to Gurijula, a Wanganjagalingu traditional owner who's recently travelled to Nam to perform at the Blacktivism concert and shared stories with us about the Wadanangu ceremonial camp on the lease site of the Carmichael Adani mine. The Radioactive Show is broadcast on the Community Radio Network and we'd like to give our thanks to the Anti-Nuclear Collective of Friends of the Earth Melbourne for their support. You can podcast our shows on 3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. Thanks for listening and here's to a nuclear-free future. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.